going on, everybody? Is yours truly, Mr. OKFabe here. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the World of Fandom Podcast, a place that's all about worlds and about fandoms, and just so happens to be a podcast. You guys know me, I'm Connor, also known as OKFabe, but I'm joined here every single time with my brother from another mother. We got Mr. Andrew Cutter Inc. What's going on, Andrew? Living the dream. What's up with you? Living the dream. I mean, <laughs> feels like it, it's a. It's been a, it's been a crazy. It's been a crazy couple of days i was thinking about this we recorded last week's episode right we talked a little bit about um you know the vaccination special on south park we talked about um other some some other things we had a great conversation about um you know african-american black superheroes and we previewed the snyder cut and a lot of a lot of stuff went down the last weekend i mean obviously we had like you know falcon winter soldier came out uh i'll talk a little bit about that but man everyone's talking about that snyder cut and um andrew didn't really care for it he thought it was really bad just to give you a heads up um fuck you <laughs> i'm gonna be teasing you this whole time just to warn you um That's but we're gonna we're gonna cover some a lot of stuff here um a lot of things just happened in the last couple of days as far as fandom, so it's kind of crazy to talk about. We'll talk about Fastlane a little bit and some other things. And, of course, we always encourage you guys to let us know what you guys want us to talk about in the future. So make sure you hit us up on the Twitters, at PodFandom over on Twitter. Make sure you interact with us there. And of course, download us on your favorite podcasting platforms and give us an awesome rating or thumbs up, whatever the hell you want to want to do to help spread the word about the show. Uh, of course, we're on your major podcast. We're on Apple. We are on Google. We're on Spotify, iHeartRadio, and so many others. Just literally look for the World of Fandom podcast. We do appreciate any support you guys can throw our way. Andrew, you sound exhausted. Are you still recovering from watching the Snyder Cut? Um, kind of. I don't know. I think I have allergies now that we're actually coming close to spring. Oh my god! I've been outside with the boys the whole entire day for the past few days, so yeah, I just a little sniffly. It um for those of you who don't know me, so me and Andrew obviously both live in Massachusetts. It just like I don't know what happened, but like this weekend and then into this the beginning of this week, we're recording this on Monday the twenty second, and uh, literally just like boom, sixty degree weather right in your face. Like oh wow, okay, like spring is here apparently. It's weird. New England's New England. weird. Yeah, it's fucking New England weather. Dude. It's weird. If you don't like the weather, just wait a minute. It's going to change on you. That's New England. It really, it's really accurate. It's <laughs> yeah. it's like it, as much as we joke about it, it is it is very very accurate. Um, but um, how you been, man? How you been? How you been holding up with everything? Uh, I've been holding up, basically. I got a few things I'm working on, which is in the works, but I am not going to reveal. But other than that, just surviving. We actually made the decision for the oldest to go back to school rather than doing homeschool because they're changing things up with our school. Right. Basically they're saying that uh, you can either go back to the school or you can do the homeschool, but if you do the homeschool, it's for the full five hours. I don't know about you, dude, but homeschool, I, I don't know what you're doing for your kids. You don't have to tell me, but Hybrid. with homeschool, yeah, with homeschool with the oldest, it is a disaster for three hours because you're at home. <laughs> the the level of distractions. For yeah, this yeah, kid. yeah. Dude, mm. I'll be sitting there and I'll just like turn my head and he'll have a full Lego set suddenly being <laughs> built up while he's supposed to be doing his reading. So, Chris. So my wife, right? I'm 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 not revealing names for whatever reason, but basically the the, the wife said. This is the options. I said, there's no way I'm sitting through five hours. No. That kid's going to school. My oldest is the same way. It's like, it's like I turn around and it's like, hey, Dad, I just read Mein Kampf. Like, what the fuck? Wait, you're supposed to be doing math. Like, what's going on here? Like, 
it it it's it's tough. It's tough at home, especially where like you've been you've been to my place too. Oh, my place is significantly smaller compared to yours, so it's like everything's within like a walking distance, like access. I gotta go to the bathroom. I gotta go to the bath. Dude, my son got in trouble because he was fooling around and didn't realize he wasn't muted and told the entire class he had to poop. <laughs> that's so him. So <laughs> that's so you. Yeah, it, it, oh, it is. God. So that's gonna be a that's gonna be a fun adventure. Here's, here's what I have to say. Listen. I am a fifth-degree black belt. I have trained everyone from ages <laughs> 5 to 60, everyone from different walks of life. I've trained people that have disabilities, like being blind. You know what I can't do is teach kids math. That's not what I'm good at. So I just – so, yeah, other than that, everything's Gucci. Gucci. I got a hot take or two if you want them. All right, well, let's get some hot takes out of the way. Okay. Well, one of which we're probably going to talk together anyways. That's yeah. fascinating, but we can save that right. for a bit. Uh, the latest manga chapter of Dragon Ball Super has come out. Um, now, I know you and I are both fans. Mm -hmm. However, I've been following the manga mm -hmm. where you've kind of just been doing the anime. Yep. Um, do you know anything about the current manga? A little, uh, a little bit. You, 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 can, you can throw it my way. Okay, so the cool thing about this story arc is Goku and Vegeta are kind of more of a backdrop. Where right. like the main character is actually a uh, alien named Granola. Yes. And tell me if you heard this story before. Fucking but great. the Saiyans, great Saiyans in Frieza fucked up his planet, so he just wants revenge. But in this most recent chapter, he did something that someone should have done years ago, and they never did. He collected his planet's Dragon Balls because now apparently every planet has a Dragon Ball. Um, and he wished to become the strongest in the universe. You know, it's funny. I mean, oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Well, there, there's a consequence to yeah, doing that of kind course. of wish, but he did it. He said, I just want to be the strongest in the universe. Mm. And boom, he's the strongest. <laughs> <laughs> it, it does, it does baffle me. Actually, it's funny you say that because it does baffle me. Like, you know, we both love Dragon Ball Z abridged, right? And I think the big yeah. reason I like Dragon Ball Z abridged is because they point out moments in the story that may not be necessarily the biggest plot holes, but they're plot holes where you go, huh, I actually never stopped to think about that for a second. And, or like make logical decisions like, oh, let's do this. Like, let's just make myself the most strongest in the universe. Let's just wish for it to happen. And, and that kind of like reminds me of that, of like, oh, why didn't anybody just do that before? Like with Garlic Jr., remember the whole joke about that? Like, um, well, why did you kill Kami before you gathered the Dragon Balls? What do you mean? Well, if you killed Kami, the Dragon Balls wouldn't work. I... Oh, crap. Wow, I dodged <laughs> a bullet on that one, didn't I? Because <laughs> if he yeah, did, no. if he succeed, or if he killed Piccolo or whatever, well, yeah, I think it was either Kami or Piccolo. But, like, yeah, he's like, oh, crap, I dodged a bullet on that one. And then, like, the same thing with, like, Dr. Uh, Dr. Jiro, you became an android? Yeah. How did you do that? I took my brain out and put in this body. How? I... Huh. <laughs> How did I do that? How did I do that? <laughs> Dude, that that's that is the, the those moments are my favorite. Um like when Frieza's telling Vegeta how his dad died and he just goes, How'd you know about the parts you weren't there for? It's true. <laughs> it's it's, it's like, true. It's like just like, but like so something like that just reminds me of like, hmm, why didn't anybody just wish themselves to be the strongest in the universe in the first place? Just Well the yeah, it's it's a wish that you figure people would do. Actually, you know what would be the most viable wish? Because this wish comes with a consequence. Spoiler alert, it shortens his lifespan. So he okay. only lives three years now instead of 150 more years. But <laughs> It goes from 150 to three. That is a significant, I mean, that is a 97% drop right there. Sucks to suck. But you know what I would do? First of all, 
if I was Goku in the uh, okay, maybe not Goku because he's not smart. If I was Bulma, <laughs> uh, good right? save, good save. Most, the most intelligent person in the whole entire universe. What would I do? I would just wish Krillin, Piccolo, Tien, maybe Yamcha, maybe not, mm-hmm. and just have them have the abilities of a Saiyan. Why wouldn't you just wish that? Just be like, have it so that these characters, you don't have to say they're super powerful. Just say, Krillin now has the ability to turn Super Saiyan. He has all the genetic abilities of a Saiyan. Yeah, just make somebody half Saiyan, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and then they just fucking go with it. But anyways, uh, long story short, it was actually a really good chapter uh, for the manga. Vegeta is learning the Hakai. Do you know what the Hakai is? Yes, yep. Yes. So he's actually learning it and he's perfecting it. Glad Not doing more, really well at it, but he's at least able to do it. So that's something. And yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's good stuff. I have a question before, without getting into super. And this is something, you know, and obviously super just throws everything into the fucking wind. Who's the strongest human? Uh, Krill, uh, if I had to say Krillin, probably. Is it Krillin uh, or is it TN? No, it's Krillin. Are you sure? Uh, if I had to go based off really shady logic, I'd say Krillin because... Tien, yeah, Krillin. Krillin was able to hold his own in the beam struggle with Super Saiyan Blue Goku, although you could probably say Goku was just holding back for Krillin's sake. Mm. But I think general consensus is it's Krillin. I saw something pop up on TikTok. That's the only reason why I bring this up, which, by the way, did you see my contribution to that? I mean, uh, it's the whole, like, tell, tell a Dragon Ball Z fact that sounds like a lie, but it's actually true. I did, yes. Yeah, and I, and I had to think about that. I'm like, I want an obscure fact. And the, the one I did, for those of you who didn't see it, I said, barring any sort of physical harm or, like, somebody actually trying to kill him, like, you know, via combat or, like, something like that, Master Roshi is immortal. It's a li- It's a little tiny thing that's mentioned at the very beginning of Dragon Ball by the turtle. But, yeah, he, Master Roshi is technically immortal. But, um, but no, because I was thinking about this. I'm like... We didn't really see any sort of major feats from them beyond the Cell Saga, right? Like, Tien was able to hold back semi-perfect Cell. You're either semi-perfect or you're not. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I fucking love how in the Boo Saga, when I think Gohan was losing or something, and, and when they're all in the afterlife and they're like, well, we need to get some warriors to fight Boo. Guess what? Uh, Yamcha and uh, Krillin, you guys are the backup. It's like, fucking Yamcha and Krillin. Are you kidding me? Halftime entertainment. Yeah. If you want to be, you know, I'm not going to veer off too much on Dragon Ball because I know we have the Cytokine and a couple other things, but if you want to actually say who the strongest human is, technically it would be Gohan, and the reason why I would say Gohan uh, is, okay. yes, Gohan is a half Saiyan, but Gohan does not train as a Saiyan. The path he has chosen is training as a human. He doesn't go Super Saiyan anymore. He doesn't use any of his Saiyan techniques. He doesn't use any of the benefits of being Saiyan. Everything he does from key control to key attacks to defensive attacks and all that junk are all human-based things. He actually prefers not to become a Super Saiyan God because he prefers to fall on the path of a human. I'm actually literally going to throw up a poll on Twitter right now, on our Twitter, at PodFandom, and I'll retweet it, of course, and I'm sure Andrew will do the same thing. Who is the strongest human in Dragon Ball? We're going to do Krillin, we're going to do Tien, and we're going to put other and comment below. And we're going to have this up for about a week or so. And I'm curious to see what you guys think because it's a very interesting... I don't know. I'm on, I'm on the fence about it. I don't Roshi. Know. I think you should put Roshi on there. Roshi is good. Roshi was able... Okay. Another thing in the manga. The manga is a little different uh, for the Tournament of Power. But in the Tournament of Power, Master Roshi was able to actually fight Jiren head on. 
and used a form of ultra instinct that wasn't divine, but his own version of it, and was able to land a couple blows on Jiren. Right. So let me see. I'll put in Master Roshi then. Other comment below, and we'll leave it up for a week. And you guys let us know who do you think who is the strongest human in hashtag Dragon Ball. I'm curious. And I'm everyone curious. fight. Everyone fight me if you put Yamcha down. I'll be pissed. <laughs> I will really be pissed. I mean, he does take a he does keep a beating and, sw and keep on swinging. So, um, but yeah, hard. I'm gonna retweet this and uh, let me just see here. Vote now. Um, but let's talk. Um, all right, not a, lot, a, lot, a lot of Dragon Ball stuff. Let's talk about Fastlane. So yes. that happened. I watched every match except for the championship match. I'm actually halfway through it. I haven't had time to finish the Roman Reigns match, even though I know how it It ends. was good. It was good. Um, yeah, uh, barring that match, because I, I want to wait till the end to finish it. Dude, there was only like one or two good matches. Yeah. Like I thought, I thought, I thought the IC title match with, uh, was it Cruz? Is mm -hmm. it? Uh, Cruz and or, it was Biggie. Uh, yeah, 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 IC, yeah. Yeah. Minute, yep. Was great, and you know what, dude? I love the heel turn that they did on him. Yeah, that finish, and making him like the what Nigerian warrior kind of uh, aspect. Yeah, I think it. I think it works out for him because he was the most vanilla character ever, and Biggie was just fucking shit up. So I thought that was a good match, and I liked the Seth Rollins match. I thought that was pretty good too. Yes, it was. It was a the, random put together with Nakamura, but screw it. I, I'll sacrifice a story with, with um. For good, for you know, for a good matchup for every once in a while. Yeah, but everything else was kind of just boring. Even my boy Drew McIntyre and Sheamus was boring. And here's the problem I have, and I get it. And I think you said the reason why I did it is because they want to test out Peacock. That's all fine and good. But there was a time back in the day when the the pay per view before WrestleMania mattered, and like No Way Out, um, No Way Out was such a huge. Um, Oh God, Christina Sexton is, is there. Okay, there. Um, no way out was such. Well, she's like, "Are you still here?" No, I disappeared. No, I've I've, I've gone to the astral plane. I mean, <laughs> you should text her. No, I'm on the Kai planet. <laughs> I used the uh, the sheep talisman from Jackie Chan Adventure. I'm gone. You know those. You know there's a replica of those now, right? Oh, I've seen it, and yes, I have been tempted <laughs> to buy it. I have. Hold on. Uh, but right, it, keep going. But anyways, the thing about you're looking at the price, aren't you? I sure am. Mr. Rolling of Money. Um, so the thing about it is, like, I remember the St. Valentine's Day Massacre when Big Show showed up and Austin had to win the number one contendership or No Way Out when it was Cactus Jack versus Triple H for the title. You didn't know who was going to have it. Or the next No Way Out when Kurt Angle lost his title to The Rock, mm. and then it totally changed what the main event was going to be. Because Kurt Angle thought, you know, Kayfabe thought was going to, well, in real life thought he was going to actually main event WrestleMania until they changed it last minute on him. So, like, the, the pay-per-view before WrestleMania actually meant something because it could throw a fucking monkey wrench into your expectations. Now it's boring. Why wasn't the Sheamus Drew McIntyre match a number one contendership match? I don't know. It should have been, and you could have really fucked around with people. No titles changed hands, I think. Uh, none no. did. And, nope. like, none of the matches had any consequence to them, except for, you know, the, the main event, which, again, is what it is. And John said this, so I think it's going to be a case. I think it's going to be three-way at WrestleMania. That's... I think it's going to be... 
That's the rumor yeah. I heard. So, um, the thing the thing is like, <sighs> right? It, it's like okay, like why why does why why should we care? Drew's already made in the main event of WrestleMania. Why should we care if Sheamus beats him? Okay, if Sheamus beats him, then what? Like nothing happens. He can make exactly. he can make the argument that he could be added to there, but it just it defeats the purpose when you put the when you put the cart in front of the horse. Like you already know what's going to happen. It, and honestly, in my opinion, not only is this a was this a bad pay per view because it was a bad pay per view for the most part, but it's also bad because it was the first one on Peacock. Yeah. So it's like and not set, it's not setting a good precedence. Um, just my opinion. How about the fiend though? Um, it was cool. He came back. That was actually the match I was looking forward to the most. Um, but I like the look. I like the burnt, charred body. Um, reminiscent a little bit of like if mankind and Kane had a kid together. But um, yeah, it's uh, I, I'm I'm pumped. I th- obviously, it's going to be him and Orton at WrestleMania, and I hope Orton puts him over. I think it's going to be another Firefly Funhouse match. You think so? Like the one they did with Cena. Yeah. Because what else are they going to do? Uh, handicap match, Orton versus Alexa Bliss and The Fiend. That'd be interesting. It's only going to be, it's only going to be like, like potential Hell in the Cell or that. That's the only two things I can think of. Okay. Or an Inferno match. But they already... Uh, but they, well, they already... can't pull this shit off yeah. because they don't, have, they don't have the ability to cut the cameras, do no, whatever. They... In their wasn't, wasn't the match... Hold on. Wasn't their match at TLC an Inferno match? Yeah. It, it was a yeah, it was an Inferno match, but they cut the cameras. Like you can tell that the body in the center was not the fiend and it was someone else. When you don't have a live crowd there, you can kind of fuck around with shit. Yeah. So. But, but right, but my oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, they're going to have an actual crowd, so okay, fair enough. But um yeah. I mean, yeah, it's either going to be Hell in a Cell or they could do a Firefly Funhouse match and just have it be the only um what do you call it? Uh, cinematic match on the card. Yeah. I know I'm in the minority on this, but I really didn't give a shit about the firehouse, fun house, whatever. Eh, it was it fun. Was cr- it was weird. It was creative, but yeah. it was kind of weird. Well, that's that's the whole... That's pretty wide in a nutshell. But yeah, Mania's, Mania's looking weak. I'm sorry. Mania's looking really weak. and looks real weak. The problem the problem is the hype. You can, you can put together a very... Um, well, like I was telling you, like WrestleMania esque match is Lashley versus McIntyre a WrestleMania esque match, not in the way it was booked, but you could have done things to make it that way. Even though Lashley and McIntyre may not be a WrestleMania high, you know what I mean? Like it's not like a WrestleMania highlight match, but you could at least put your best foot forward because you know it's just the WWE Championship. Is <laughs> is my problem with it? Right? Is that two things? Number mm-hmm. one is that. Back in the day, when you and I were watching religiously, let's take let's take a great WrestleMania, WrestleMania 18. By the end of Royal Rumble, going into No Way Out, let's just say at No Way Out, mm. you already have the championship match established. You already had Hogan Rock established shortly after No Way Out. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you had Scott like Hall, you, had, you had like four. Current, you had like four yeah, matches had, like knew what you were going into. Exactly, and they were big marquee matches, right? Right. Uh, and now you don't have that, so that's problem number one. Problem number two is not for nothing. I don't give a fuck about either women's championship match. I like Sasha Banks, 
but face versus face is never a good idea unless it's like, I don't know, Ultimate Warrior versus Hogan. Mm-hmm. And then they just announced Asuka versus Rhea Ripley, is it? Yeah, and, th- I mean, that's that's going to be a good match, but like... It's just like it came out of nowhere. Yep. And then you look at the championship match, it got thrown in. The biggest title, the WWE Championship, kind of just got thrown together. The only thing that has any bit of hype to it that might be good is Edge versus Roman. Mm-hmm. And you know what, dude? And I was just saying it to you earlier. The laugh track that they have, the cheer track, yeah. well, it does do wonders in like helping with the not have a crowd. I do not believe that anyone would boo heel Roman Reigns because that's all people ever wanted. You're running into the problem that I ran into that started my descent of like not covering it frequently anymore. That's like literally the way you feel about after that pay-per-view is kind of what I'm like, this is why I left. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's terrible. Uh, yeah. So... They need to get crowds in. They, and you know what? If they have to go to, say, in Florida, or if they have to go to Texas, the two states that are kind of allowing that shit to happen, yep. then do it. Like, do it to get the crowds back. Do it. <laughs> do it. Do it. Good. Do Good. It. But I think that's enough about Fastlane. I think we have a bigger fish to fry, don't we? We do. A four-hour but... fish. Yeah, Falcon and Winter Soldier. So about that. Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot about I'll that. I'll be real quick because I did. I actually, believe it or not, as crazy as this may sound, I'm actually doing live streams at 3 a.m. every Friday on Twitch when they when they come out. Here's all I'm going to say about the Falcon and Winter Soldier first episode. It is very slow paced, but it it is got me hooked line and sinker it's very different than wandavision but it's very founded you i think you'll actually like this one i honestly think you will like this one you know i usually wait until the series is over with marvel but because i like captain america so much Mm -hmm. and i do appreciate falcon and winter soldier as combo characters yep i might actually watch this week to week we'll see well there's only six episodes Okay, well that makes it even easier. Yep, it's only six episodes. They're about they're closer to an hour each, um, so just mm-hmm. be prepared. But the first one I thought was very well done in terms of setting things up. You kind of uh, for for spoilers, just a heads up. Sam and Bucky do not interact whatsoever in the first episode. The first episode is just setting up what's going on with each of them individually. So it's a lot of like flushing things out, and so you get an idea of where Sam's at, uh, Falcon's heads at at the after the after Endgame. You get an idea of where Bucky's heads at, and man, do I feel bad for Bucky because he's trying to come to ropes with a lot of things. There's a lot of mental health going on right there, but um, the the ending the ending was very funny uh, because it sets up. A lot of like there's a, there's at least one or two possibly three major conflicts that are going to happen in the show, and mm-hmm. I'm just very I, like I said I think out of all of them I think this one you will like the most I know you're not a big Marvel person but I think you're going to like this one because there's just a lot of interesting aspects to it going into it. Yeah, I'll give it a shot. I'll, I'll tell you more off the air because I don't want to spoil too much. But all I'll say is first episode so far awesome. The action's pretty decent for what's there, but it's a lot of building. So I think second episode, which is this Friday, it's gonna hit the ground running. But mm. all right, four hours, four mm. hours of. I'm just gonna say it. It was phenomenal. The Snyder Cut was fantastic. It, it, I have very little complaints about it. And, and honestly, those complaints are nitpicking. Hmm. <laughs> um, 
No, no. Okay. <laughs> First of all, let me let me tell you how I watched the side of cut. Okay. Okay. Good. Okay. Good. Ready? Yeah. I started watching the first half hour uh-huh. while my son was at school, and then <laughs> my other son had to take a bath, so I put him in the bath, and I watched this next half hour while he took a bath. Uh-huh. Kind of long bath, but he needed it, yep. right? And then, <laughs> He's, like, drowning, like, that's nice, keep kicking, son, and you're watching this. Hey, hey guess what? Aquaman's on the TV. You can be Aquaman, too. Just swim. <laughs> um, and then I'm like, when am I going to watch the other three hours? Because I can't pull it off, so... The missus and I do our nightly routine, which is right now watch Dawson Creek and then fall asleep. Right. Because that's like what we're watching. Yep. But I pretend to fall asleep. You did. <laughs> so I pretend to fall asleep at like 10 o'clock. And she's just like, you know what? Just go to sleep. Like, you know how it is. Just, just go to sleep. Uh, yeah. I'll turn off. Go to sleep. Yeah. And then she goes to sleep. Because <laughs> although, she, although she's more tired than I am, she does not want to admit it. Right. So I think I, I fall asleep, pretend to, and then I get up and I'm like, okay. So what I do is I go downstairs. On the days that I go to the gym in the morning, mm-hmm. I go downstairs so I don't wake her up. So I go downstairs. I get everything set up. So I go, Snyder fucking cut time. So and I walk in until 1 o'clock in the morning. Um, overall, I have to say it is a massive improvement <laughs> over the theatrical cut in almost every conceivable way. In terms of of a movie, I think in the DC echelon of movies, I think it is better than most, but not quite elite. I would not, if we're talking about the DCEU movies, I'd probably put Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Man of Steel higher than it. And then, of course, other movies like Dark Knight and stuff like that, I would put it higher than it. Right. But it is, it is, I would say, a solid A minus film. My gripes with the film yep. have nothing to do with the cut. Okay. I mean, the the th- yeah. the the thing that uh, the thing I'll say this is is first off, I felt like I was watching a different movie. Yeah. Did, did you feel that way? Yeah. Well, you can definitely tell where fucking Joss Whedon put his dick in things. And I don't was, get where his head was at. Meaning yeah. Whedon's, not Snyder's, obviously. Like, it, it just, it, it blows my mind. I, I, I want to know what was going through his head in terms of, like, let's let's do this, let's cut this, let's do that, let's do this instead. Like, it's watching a completely different movie. The, really, the only things that, and I'll just might, might as well list them off here. There's three main gripes I have with the movie, and honestly, like I said, in the grand scheme of things, it's nitpicking. Um, the four hour, the four hour runtime, which is again nitpicking, can't really control that. And honestly, given what he was trying to do with the movie, I completely understand it being that long, because what he did in this was he flushed out a lot of things that he did wrong in Batman v Superman. And he flushed out a lot more characters, specifically Cyborg, Flash, and a little bit of Aquaman. So can, and I agree with you, can I put a defense up for the four hours? Yeah. Okay. So my two defenses for the four four hours is, one, I don't think it felt like four hours. I think it flowed pretty well. But what I particularly like that they did is they broke it up into chapters. That was smart. So if you hit chapter two, it is like chapter three. Shit gets real. You can get up, take a piss, do your taxes, make a sandwich, fuck your wife, 
hopefully, and then go back to watching mm-hmm. the Snyder Cut. Like, you can do anything in those breaks. And I think this is kind of a good indication of where movies could go because if and we're going to live in an age where the movie theater is going to die. I don't want that to happen. I got married in a movie theater. And listen, it was a classy movie theater. It wasn't a showcase one. It was a classy theater. But the fact of the matter is, is I think theaters are going to die. We're eventually going to get to everything's going to be streaming. So that brings up the options of, well, can we have longer format storytelling in a mm-hmm. movie? Mm-hmm. Can we do a four-hour movie and make it work? Fucking Titanic was three hours, and that mm-hmm. was a phenomenally well-done movie. True. So what's an extra hour? Justice League proved that you can do a four-hour movie, have it flow well, have good pacing, and make it work. Well, I'm not saying that, like, it didn't work. I'm just saying is like, it was just a lot to take in. I'm not saying that, like, it wasn't, a, like, I'm not saying that it hurt my opinion of the movie. It just is like, wow, that's a lot to take in. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, I, but I get where you're, I'm not disagreeing with anything you're saying. It's just, it's a personal preference. It's just like, wow, like, you, you could have told me, like, Shit, WrestleMania, as we talked about, like how long they are and, and other things. And there's there's shows that I've watched that have been as long, if not longer. And it's like it's just it's just a personal thing now. But you're right. I think the slow mo was the other part. There was a lot of slow mo scenes, and most of them made sense. Most mm-hmm. of them, uh, specifically anything involving the Flash. Um, mm-hmm. To me, I'm like, well, it's the Flash. You have to show him being able to do the slow mo stuff to really accentuate the speed force aspect which by the way that scene with him and the um the girl in the pet store with the him rescuing the girl probably yeah probably one of my favorite scenes of the whole movie to be honest with you yeah it was a good scene it was well done well choreographed and you know everything kind of played its part in that Um, love how shoes disintegrated yeah well Well, attention to detail you think about it, right? If you go into FS, of course, she's going to disappear. Oh, I know. I'm just saying it's it's the, it, the, the it's the attention to detail like that that I appreciated. But like, yeah, um, the four hour runtime was just a bit too long for my personal taste. Just just me. There was a little bit too much slow mo. And then the only thing, and this is just a Snyderism, because he does this in almost all of his movies, was like there were certain color schemes that I just felt like didn't quite. Like it works for Batman, but like some of the other characters, it just looked a little off. If you know, do, do you know what I'm getting at? I do. Okay. Um, Palette is important, so yeah. Uh, I don't think any of your complaints are my complaints. That's literally all my uh, complaints, and they're not even like I said. I'm nitpicking here. I'm not like saying like, oh, these three things are horrific. It's just like, eh, those are th- those are more like slight annoyances. That's really all it was. All three of those things were slight annoyances. Everything else, I have no. I'm curious what your complaints are. Well, I'll talk about the stuff I liked first. Just to make it easy. Okay. I think obviously the story and how it played out made a lot more sense. Holy shit, yeah. Why the mother boxes came to be, how Superman came back, how they tied everything into the nightmare stuff. It all kind of worked out a lot better. Mm-hmm. Music, bringing Junkie XL, and I think Hans Zimmerman too. Yes. But Junkie XL in to do the music, and nothing against Danny Elfman, because Danny Elfman has done many of the classics that we all know and love. Mm-hmm. But Junkie XL's music helped, and I downloaded the soundtrack, 50 tracks, my friend. I think oh it's I'll check it. I'll check it right now, and they are <laughs> solid motherfucking tracks. Let's go right here. Ready? Justice League soundtrack. It 50, is 50 fucking tracks. F- 50, 54 tracks, my friend. 54. <laughs> and I, I, I'm listening to all of it. Don't forget but the bonus track. The, 
<laughs> exactly. But I think the music, I think the music helped a lot. Um, and I think how they did the ending was a lot better and how they had the Flash do it. Because I think the ending in the original was a little too chaotic. I think that they tried they tried too hard to keep the, the fighting going longer than it needed to be. And Superman kind of made everything null and void once he showed up in both versions. Because here's the ultimate conundrum of the Justice League, right? And it's one thing that many writers, both in movies, TVs, and comic books, have a problem with is, other than The Flash, Superman basically fucking outclasses everyone in every single way. Mm -hmm. That's why I kind of like the Justice League versus Superman fight in this movie. You see the most badass fighter, Wonder Woman, and Superman just fucks her up. Aquaman goes hardcore, hardcore, fucks them up. Like, Batman doesn't even try. Like, the whole premise is, is that the only person that is on the same level as Superman in brokenness is Flash, because Flash can basically fucking rewrite history by taking a brisk job. But that's why I actually liked this version a lot more. Because I agree Correct. with you. Because they, like, it just really, it was weird to me that, like, in the original, Superman just came in and just, like, it is what it was, and he just helped the... Like, oh, Superman's going to help Flash get people out of the... Like, what? Why Why would he Why would he do that? He's the most powerful person on the team. But, you know, destroy Steppenwolf and move on. Like, <laughs> this at least made more sense in the context of it was time-sensitive, he had to do this by this time, and even getting there in time, like, you know, even Alfred's like, I hope you make it in time. Like, at least mm. there was some vulnerability to his presence being there. It wasn't just like, well, Superman's done. We can just like wipe our hands. That's the end of it. You know? Yeah. They yeah. created tension there. Exactly. Um, I also loved seeing the side and dark side and granny goodness. And I think they were used enough that they had a presence in the film, Yep. but not too much that they took away from the actual film itself. Also the fact that dark side was the force that came to earth and not Steppenwolf. Correct. Which, I mean, you could tell that they literally took a CGI model of Darkseid out and replaced everything with Steppenwolf because the movements were exactly the same. Yep. But, oh, and that that back, uh, that uh, backstory scene had a lot more time to it, and it was a lot better. You got mm -hmm. to see a lot more Zeus and Ares fuck shit up. Like, mm -hmm. it was a good, good back, uh, backstory scene. My problems with the movie, and this is just this. I guess this can go with both of them. Mm -hmm. um, is first and foremost the fact that they don't have a Green Lantern. My boy Hal Jordan is a travesty of justice. Now, not having, and I know they did this in films, right? But not having the Green Lantern on the Justice League is kind of like not having Wolverine on the X Men. I know they did it in the the first class films, and that's fine. But, like, when you think of the Justice League, you think of the core seven. Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Green Lantern, Aquaman, and Martian Manhunter slash Cyborg. Not having Green Lantern, I think, was a bad idea. I think he should have been on there. Especially if you're putting a fucking Green Lantern in the, the, the backstory. And I know Zack Snyder tried to get Ryan Reynolds to do a cameo, but, like, fucking A, the Green Lantern should have been in the film in both versions. And, and this is... My hot take, they should have never casted Chris Pine to play Stephen Trevor. They should have casted him play Hal Jordan because if anyone could have been Hal mm. Jordan, it would have been him. 
he's got the Hal Jordan because Hal Jordan is basically Captain Kirk, just fucking yeah. not in a spaceship. Not wrong. Yeah. So that's my one complaint across the board. Number two is it's nice that they had Martian Manhunter cameo in there, but he was basically it, like the. There was no point to him other than just being a little cameo, and he should have—he should have really been a post-credit scene. Honestly, I was about to say like I didn't—I actually liked him. I liked his role at the end, but the whole Lois Lane like that—that that made no sense to me. Yeah, and that took away from the the impact of him showing. Yeah, yeah. It took away from that scene because you think it's a scene between Lois and Martha and the two of them grieving over Clark, but really it's just fucking. What does Martian Man have to do anyways? <laughs> trying to trying to get like what does Lois have to do with anything? Like I guess she's supposed to be the one to keep Superman from fucking going evil, right? But like Martian Man Hunter doesn't know that. I just I just so, I, I just I, I expected fucking what's his name to show up? Uh Chris Hansen. Like have a seat over here. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh take a seat right here. We have to have talk. Um so number two the post well the the ending with the the apocalypse with Jared Leto. Oh. I don't think it was necessary. Really? I, well, I don't think it was necessary. Like it's it's one. If you wanted to have Jared Leto in the film, you could have found a different way to do it, right? Mm. Number two is it added nothing to the film. It just was kind of there. And number three, one of my biggest problems with both both scenes, right? The Martian Manhunter scene and this apocalypse scene is you can blatantly tell this is. 2020 post breakup Ben Affleck who looks like he might have had one too many caramel or ice lattes from Dunkin Donuts like he just doesn't look like he did in the rest of the film he could like he when he wakes up from bed the fuck it looks like he just came off like a coke binge like he just doesn't look the same I'm not saying he looked bad but he just he just looked worn down compared to Justice League Ben Affleck but yeah the only thing I mean so you didn't like that that whole apocalyptic scene at all? I mean, Deathstroke was cool. <laughs> <laughs> and it's cool that they made a reference to the Flash wearing that goofy-ass armor yep. to tie it together with Batman v Superman. But like I said, it didn't add anything to the film. It was just kind of there. No, no, it's, it's a post-credit scene, just like Marvel's been doing yeah. with like setting up stuff for the future. I, I think that's what they were trying to do. But I, I but but here, but here's the thing, like it doesn't set up anything because we're well, not getting a sequel. It was oh I I see okay, I was gonna say if it was, I mean do you think, so remember last week we were talking about this I said like you know do you think the success of the Snyder cut could ultimately lead to, them redoing it? But I think we mentioned this before like the actors aren't going to be involved like it's I don't, we don't think it's going to happen right. Well. At the end of the day, if it makes enough money, who knows? But I did see a report, and dude, there's going to be reports all day long. Mm -hmm. One report said that despite the success, that they're not going to do it. But, I mean, I think they should do at least one more. Because, like, Darkseid just chilling there is a dangling plot thread. It would be nice to get a second movie just to deal with the Darkseid invasion. Maybe have... A fucking Justice League and add a Green Lantern, add Martian Manhunter, add Green Arrow, add fucking Hawkman, add The Rock's Black Adam. If they were smart, ready? Here's the smart thing. They would wait until Black Adam was done and have fucking Rock's Black Adam and Shazam be in the film too. And tell me that wouldn't be dope. 
It'd be pretty fucking dope. Well, it's funny. But, you, it, I mean, it's funny you say that because apparently, Rock's agent is the same agent as Henry Cavill. And well, that's fucking good. Supposedly, he is pushing very heavily for a Superman cameo in Black Adam. They should. That'd be fucking awesome. <laughs> you have this biggest <laughs> grin on your face I can even hear. <laughs> but my my only problem is is Ben Affleck, right? Mm. Because every other actor would be willing to come back, right? And every actor is coming back. There's going to be a Wonder Woman 3. There's going to be an Aquaman 2. There's going to be a Flash film. I'm sure um, they would want a uh, cyborg actor would want to come back. Well, God, why can't I think of him? I know his name, but it's it's off my head for a second. Like, all the actors would want to come Ray back. Ray Fisher. Henry Cavill wants to come. Ray Fisher, that's it, yes. Yeah. But, like, you know Ben Affleck is, like, after the Flash movie, he's done. And we're lucky we're even getting him for the Flash movie. So, like, if they're going to do it, which I don't know if they are, but they got to do it soon, because, again, not for nothing, but Ben Affleck is the oldest of the bunch, and he's getting up there in age. How old is Ben Affleck? He must be, like, 48. Let's find out. Any second. Because I think everyone else is in their late 30s. Yeah, he's, I know, 40, he's 48. Okay. I know Jason Moe is 37, I think. I think Henry Cavill is 30, uh, 36. Henry Cavill. Um, I know Gal Gadot's like, yeah, 37 for Henry Cavill. Gal Gadot, I think, is uh, 35. Uh, 35, I'm good. And then... Um, uh, Ray Fisher is pretty young. Ray Fisher is, I think, in his late 20s, early 30s. He's 33, so pretty young. And Ezra Miller, Ezra Miller is, I think, late 20s mm. or early 30s, 28. So he's the youngest. So, like, it's conceivable that all of them are fairly young, but, like, Ben Affleck's getting up there in age. So, again... We're beating around the bush. We don't know if this is going to ever happen because despite how successful this film is clearly happening, you got to get the whole cast back together and you got to fucking strike and you got to strike soon. Um, so I'm, I actually have here a list of from BuzzFeed and it's called 43 changes to the Zack Snyder made to Justice League that turned into basically a different movie. Um, so I'll try to rapid fire some of these. The first one was, of course, the opening scene. So yep. love that infinitely better because instead of seeing the iPhone footage of a mustache digitally enhanced Henry Cavill, God, I hate that so much. I hate that Let's so much. Let's not talk about that. I know. Don't talk about it. Versus what made total sense, Superman's death activating the mother boxes. Mm -hmm. That made all the sense in the world to me. Like I agree. Um, obviously, the big one uh, is says here each int hero's introduction is at least a little different, and some of them have new introductions altogether. Um, obviously, we talked about the Flash earlier. Cyborg, that's another big one. Cyborg had a lot in this one. Oh yeah, and it's good. Cyborg, Cyborg is, and I think one of the best, most underutilized characters in DC. He could easily be. Power-wise, equivalent to Iron Man, and conceptually could fall in the ranks of like an X-Men kind of idea, right? A mm -hmm. misfit. Cyborg's amazing, so I'm glad they gave him more. Steppenwolf's appearance. Mm-hmm. Infinitely better. I am going to be on the minority, 
I actually like the original a little bit better. Well, he looked and the only reason the why, one. yeah, and the only reason why is because it's a little bit more comic accurate. But if you were to take the comic accuracy out of it and to say which one looks more badass, yeah, of course, the more alien one looks better. Well, because Steppenwolf in the Snyder Cut looks more like a apocalypse-esque character. You know what I mean? He looks like a demon from hell. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Steppenwolf's fight against the Amazons is longer and highlights more of their fighting style. Yep, that's true. Mm-hmm. That was good. Diana's knowledge of the mother boxes comes from her finding a cave painting that explains the mythology of Darkseid, the anti-life equation, and the mother boxes. Was the anti-life equation even mentioned in the original? Um, no. Yeah. I don't think it was. Well, there you go. Even better. Because it was like, well, why does Darkseid want this planet so badly other than he failed? Well, there's your answer. Anti-life. Snyder version expands Aquaman's backstory in a way that ties in better with the Aquaman movie. That's true. Although, William Defoe looked drastically different. And Mira, right, uh, Amber Heard, who I don't like, mm-hmm. but Amber Heard um, has a British accent kind of in <laughs> this movie, but in fucking Aquaman, she's like normal New Yorker accent. So Yo, Aquaman, you got to go ahead and save us, yeah. eh? Yeah. Capiche. Um, <laughs> the version also reveals that Steppenwolf isn't the big bad we originally thought he was, and he actually reports to Di- I keep saying this wrong. Desad. 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 Okay. Who in turn reports to Darkseid. Correct. Yep. Uh, in this version, Darkseid is the one who invades Earth and fought against the Amazons, Atlanteans, Greek gods, and humans, not Steppenwolf. We talked about that before. Uh, Barry Allen's mm-hmm. introduction is completely different in this movie. We talked about that before. One of my favorite scenes in the whole movie, to be honest with you. Um, one of the biggest changes this version made was expanding Victor Stone slash Cyborg's backstory. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, like I know we just talked about it a second ago, but I think that that was... There was a key reason that every single person was in that in the group, you know what I mean? Like, uh, like things felt more natural and things made more sense from a story perspective. Like, obviously, Flash's powers came into perspective. Um, Batman was like the person who wrangled everybody together. Aquaman, sort of, well, because he, he's Atlantean. Like, it felt like everyone had a purpose of being on the group. You know what I mean? Like, there was a purpose behind yeah. it. It wasn't just like, oh, we found this random person. No, each of them had a vital role. Uh, which goes back to the Superman discussion we were talking about before. Uh, we learn that Cyborg uh, can control, infiltrate any type of technology, which allows him to even manipulate banks in the stock market. I like those scenes. Those are cute. Yeah, you know, whenever someone says uh, Marvel versus DC thing, Iron Man, all you have to do is pin him up against Cyborg, and Cyborg would hack and fuck the shit out of him. Oh, speaking of Marvel versus DC, did you hear about the next death battle? Um, I did watch Shadow versus Anime Girl, who's clearly too young to have that scampy outfit. I forget her name. Don't spoil. It? Don't spoil. Oh, oh, it's uh, it's Lex versus Doctor Doom, right? Yes, that is gonna. I think Doctor Doom is still gonna win, though. I agree. As much as I like Lex Luthor, Doctor Doom. Two reasons why Doctor Doom would win. Mm-hmm. Number one, Doctor Doom is more diverse. Little known fact: Doctor Doom not only uses technology. But also uses uses magic. magic. Yep. Yep. And number two is although, and this is going to piss people off, although I think Lex is a smarter person, Doctor Doom can check his ego when he needs to. Lex cannot. Mm -hmm. And that's ultimately the the fallacy of Lex is that 
he can't control his ego. Yeah, so, so we'll, we'll check in. We'll check in in a, in a while and see how that goes. But yeah, yeah my money's on Doctor Doom as well. Uh, Bruce's first scene with Barry the Flash and Diana's first scene with Victor Cyborg are still both in the movie, but slightly different. Yeah, not too much. I mean, we see more of a confrontation between the two of uh, between um, Diana and Cyborg. Uh, but and our first F in our first F bomb of the film. Oh yeah, yep. Um, Let's see here. You mentioned um, Mira having the British accent. The discussion to bring Superman back to life involves the whole team instead of being an argument between Bruce and Diana. Yes, yes, a thousand times yes. This is another thing I loved about the movie. You know what I thought was funny about this film versus the the original theatric? It's in this film there was very little discussion of how things could go wrong. Like, I don't think any Justice League member thought that Superman was going to come back evil. I think Aquaman felt very taboo about it. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like, fuck, we're bringing someone back to life. Probably really kind of creepy. But, like, no one was saying, let's let's hope this doesn't go pet cemetery. Like, in the original film, where it was a constant concern. Right. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's what I mean, though. It's like, little things like this, well, not little, but, like, moments like this, it's like, this is a pivotal, like, part of the story. It's like, well, what if, you know, da, da, da. and... You know, and it, like the next point, instead of bringing him back because they need him to be the team leader, they do because he's the only one strong enough to fight Steppenwolf. I thought that was fucking genius because it's like, yeah, that does make sense. Because when I saw the first fight with them with Steppenwolf and they get their asses kicked, it's like, yeah, that makes sense. Because if they can't beat him, they need him. Like, it makes more sense. There's a lot of things like that that just like made sense in the grand scheme of things of the story. Like, good God. Um, mm-hmm. The Lois Lane, Martha Kent thing, when Martha was actually the Martian Manhunter. Hated that, but yep, that was in there. Um, when the mother- when I first saw those red eyes, I thought she was getting controlled by the Antilot, to be honest. Ooh. I know she turns into Martian Manhunter. Yeah, yeah. But for some reason, I thought she was being possessed or yeah, something. Yeah, it was weird. When the mother box turns on to revive Superman, Victor is connected to it and has a vision in which Wonder Woman and Aquaman are dead. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Yep, um, the coloring being very different on the on the Superman resurrection scene. Um, Superman uses the heat vision against Batman when he sees him again, which is a bit more intense than what he did in the theatrical version. I always fucking wondered that. Like, he's blowing, he's like headbutting Wonder Woman and tossing Aquaman and Cyborg and Flash, but when he sees Batman, he decides to take it easy on him. Yeah, you know what I mean? I like, think it's stupid. Little shit yeah. like that. Like it just ah. Um, Cyborg's father dies. Mm-hmm. I thought that was that that surprised me, but at the same time, like I think it worked better for the it story. Worked immen- yeah, it worked very well, um, especially for the especially revealing why he sacrificed himself. Um, the Clark and Lois scene on Kent Farm is completely different with dialogue and a different ending. Uh, that's another part I really liked because instead of just like Superman rushing back into fighting, it mm-hmm. took the time to get him back acquainted with his mom and Lois and kind of like reacclimate his memory. We learn everything. Yeah, I I like that too. Like the, it, it's as much as I like the action stuff. Sometimes the smaller scenes in between. Um, Helped. The team's plan for finding Steppenwolf makes more sense in this version. There are two long planning scenes that weren't in the theatrical release. Um, Superman goes to the Fortress of Solitude. Uh, even though it looks mm-hmm. to be his old ship, he hears both of his fathers and gets his hand on the infamous black Superman suit. Were you excited to see that? Uh, I was. I was pretty pumped because that's uh, synonymous with uh, 
the reign of Superman, basically Superman coming back to life suit lot from of, the late 90s. Yep. A lot of blood. Thank you, R rating. Mm -hmm. um, the Russian family that was saved by the Flash, they're dead. Uh, no, I'm kidding. They're just not in the movie. Um, uh, Alfred has a lot more interaction with the other members of the Justice League, including that scene with Superman when he returns. Yep. The Unity has a totally different design in both versions, and the fight with Steppenwolf plays out extremely differently. Yep, that's true. Superman entrance into the final fight is way better um, with him blocking the axe of Steppenwolf. Love that. That was freezing it. Yep, that, that was, was badass. Cool. Um, when Superman and Cyborg separate the three mother boxes, there's no giant explosion like there was in the theatrical release. Um, mm. And of course, this little tiny tidbit, you might have caught it, you might have not. Uh, Flash reverses time. Hmm? Correct. <laughs> Why was this shit cut? Uh, you know think... what I mean? I think, I don't know, I think it's part Joss Whedon fucking doing Joss Whedon stuff, and I think it's part executives not knowing what's good. It, I don't know. It, 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 like, I think that was smart, though, because, I mean, granted, we're not going to get the sequels, but, like, setting up that The Flash has that ability to do that, which would coincide with what we talked about last week with the trip, which, by the way, if you guys haven't listened to last week's episode, go back and listen to it. We talked about the proposed second and third movies of the Snyder Justice League trilogy, which, after watching this now, not only do does the, those, like, premises make a lot more sense, a lot of things in this movie make a lot more sense, and it just makes me want to see the trilogy that much more. Mm -hmm. it sucks. I agree. Um, as soon as Flash touches Cyborg with the supercharge, we see Victor inside the boxes where he sees himself with his parents way and the way he was before his accident. That was another great scene where he like had to sacrifice that. It was. It was pretty sweet. It was pretty emotional. Again, it added more to Cyborg as a character. Mm -hmm. uh, Steppenwolf's death is very different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking good decapped. Um, I loved when Aquaman just like Absolutely tried in them pretty hard. Yep. Um, I mean, the, they made everybody look good in this one. I'll be honest. Like there were, like that was the big thing for me. And well, that was one of the big things for me and all these. But I also like the way that he they behead Steppenwolf and and his body and head rolled onto the feet of Darkseid. I mean, <laughs> Chef's kiss, amazing. Uh, yeah. We see Darkseid and uh, Desaad discussing how they'll attack Earth in the future with Darkseid, including he'll do it the old way. Mm. Of course, it's for I saw the I saw a great meme <laughs> where someone was talking about like we need the other uh, we need the other Justice League films. And it shows a picture of Desaad, and then it shows a picture of Darkseid. We will do the old way. Get the hashtags ready. <laughs> so. It's so true. Uh, let's mm -hmm. let's see. Um, the epilogue, we got confirmation that Lois is pregnant. Did we? we did, did I miss that? Well, I mean, he says congratulations. And he and she's holding a bassinet. You didn't see that? Mm, I must have missed it. When when he said I bought the house. Mm hmm He Bruce says to Clark, congratulations, by the way. Oh. I'll have to rewatch it. It's it's hard. It's it's a, it's an easy miss. And then when you see Lois and uh, Martha going up the stairs, she's holding a baby carriage. 
Mm. Mm. The final voiceover monologue done by uh, Lois in the original is done by Victor's father, Silas, who left his son a tape with a voice message. That was a beautiful touch at the end. Love that, too. Yep. Um, Diana's outfit. Eh, who cares? Um, no post or mid-credit scene, but does include the post-credit scene with Les Luthor and Deathstroke as part of the epilogue. No Superman versus Flash race, thank Christ. And then the nightmare scenes. So... Mm-hmm. Is that the reason you didn't like it? Is because it's not like if, if if we found out that we were getting the second and third movie, would you still not like this? What the nightmare scene? Yeah. I mean, you're asking a question that I don't know if I can give an answer to. I guess I might like it more because it could tie into the other movies. Right. I think it's just like so the whole premise of the second movie was to have the nightmare situation, the shitty future, and then then you go back in time and the third movie is them rectifying it. But in this movie, they kind of condense that. Like the shitty future was going to happen and the Flash reverse it. Or at least that's what I got from it. Like the movie we saw, the Snyder Cut, was the fixed universe. Flash had already gone back in time in Batman v Superman and warned Batman, right? Mm-hmm. So then Flash... I see. I see what so you're saying. To- yeah. The fix had already happened in my eyes. Maybe that's not what was intended, but that's how I read it. No, right? so I, I get fix, your point. So if the fix already happened, why are you telling me a, a story about a future that had already been erased? Now, yeah. if there was a second film where everything was said in the shitty future, then maybe I'd be okay with it. But I, I think it's just Scott Snyder, uh, not Scott Snyder. Sorry, that's a DC. <laughs> that's that's a DC writer. Um, I thought you're talking about big. I thought you're talking about Scott Steiner. Oh, or Scott Hall. Hey yo. No, hey, no, yo, no. Big Papa Pump. I know, I know. But it would be great if Scott Snyder. Fuck uh, it. <laughs> Scott Hall was in there. And this goes up. Hey yo, Chico, Chico Darkside. I'm the bad man. Um, no, I think it's. Uh, I felt like that that ending scene in the apocalypse was just Zack Snyder doing porn for himself. What if it was uh, just him indulging himself? What if it was hosted by Rob Schneider? So you had the Zack Snyder by Rob Schneider. Stop it! Stop it! Stop <laughs> stop it. it. You're just like stop it. Did you see that comedian that fucked up with uh, Zack Snyder? Yes, yes, I Where did. Where he's like, he's like. Oh, you're a director? He's like, yeah. What's your name? Zach. What kind of name is Zach? Uh, what, what have you directed? How many Zachs do you know that directed something? I only know Zack Snyder. Well, there you go. Oh, shit. You're Zack Snyder? Well, I would be a pretty good Robin. <laughs> it's so fucking true. Mm. Oh, my God. But, no, I mean, I think I think you're right in terms of... Um, in terms of... Uh, it was infinitely, in my opinion, this movie was infinitely better than what we got originally. Um, yes. There's some flaws here and there. It's not perfect, mm-hmm. but it's still, in my opinion, way better than what we got. Uh, I th- I still thoroughly enjoyed it. I think that you said A minus, right? Yeah. Yeah. A minus. I, I think that's I think that's accurate. I think that is an accurate. Um, that's an accurate rating. I'll I'll go with that for sure. Um, yeah. Any last minute thoughts? Because we basically talked about Snyder for like 40 minutes. No. Just as a, it's a damn shame that things happened the way that it did. Agreed. That we're not not getting the sequels and we're not getting the full. But um, it's nice that we that this little movement, the release of Snyder Cut, actually 
worked and paid off. And I think at the end of the day, your voice can matter as a fan. Well, so you should always speak it. Speaking of which, have you heard what's trending on Twitter or was trending on Twitter earlier today with the Snyder Cut? Release the Snyderverse? Nope. Well, that too. What? But um, one was restore the Snyderverse. The other was release the air cut. Yes, that would be good too. So those of you who don't know what we're talking about, same situation here, except the air cut is with Suicide Squad. Mm. That won't happen, though. No. I don't think it will. You know what I would really like is um, not to get off the beating track. I don't know if you know this, but there's actually a uh, Schumacher uh, cut of Batman Forever. Again, not to go off track. Didn't, wait, didn't he, make, podcast. didn't he make Batman Forever? What was that? Schumacher. Yeah, Joel Schumacher. He made uh, Batman Forever, and that was like the Batman stuff of my childhood. I right. loved Batman Forever. But, it, you know, it's not a perfect film, but apparently there was a lot more involved with the character development with, you know, Batman and him coming uh, to terms with the duality of Bruce and, and, and Batman and all that stuff, and there was a lot of cut scenes that you can actually find online, hmm. but there's a whole, like, extra half hour of the film that's missing that apparently, from credible sources, say, make the film less of a, you know, less of a pulpy romp and more of a, a deep analysis of Batman as a character. Uh, I would really want that more than a fucking air, uh, aircraft because we're going to get the new Suicide Squad anyway, so True. it is what it is. I mean, give a fucking 25-year-old film some love. I would like to see that for Batman Forever. I love that film. That was, it's so flawed, but it's, it's, like, it's like a high school girlfriend, right? It's so flawed. There's so many flaws, but you, 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 you don't miss your first love. I was nine years old when that movie came out, and I'll be honest with you, uh, that, that still holds up for me. I don't care. Jim Carrey is the Riddler yeah. is what fucking, Val Kimmer wasn't bad. I'll be honest. I didn't. No, no. I mean, granted, what came next, but you know, whatever. Um, but anyway, I think we've pretty much hit everything that we've needed to hit this week. Any other last minute thoughts before we wrap up this week's edition? No, that's all, my friend. All right, good we, stuff. Good, very good stuff. Very good stuff indeed. And of course, love to hear your thoughts on this. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at Pod Fandom. Uh, the poll is up, and the poll right now is who is the strongest uh, human over in Dragon Ball? And right now, Andrew, with um, with uh, thirteen votes, Krillin's winning. Oh, I should go over there now. Put my vote in for Yamcha. I swear to God. I swear to God. But we'll uh, we'll talk more about this in next week's episode. Make sure you guys subscribe, like, share, comment, all that fun stuff. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, and we'll see you guys next time for the World of Fandom Podcast. He is Andrew Cutter, Inc. I am OK Fabe. Thank you for tuning in. Appreciate it. Take care. And as always, take it easy. Peace out.